Okay, so uh, getting things done in three. You know the end is near, and finally, finally the guy really tries. He quits phoning it in. You're talking about Bill and Analyze. Yeah, he did a lot of those just from his car. He has a very, <laughs> I don't know if you know, Danny has a very, very costly German car. It's, it's even quieter than a Prius. I, I didn't know there was a, such mm-hmm. a thing. It can invade a country to the east within a week, and no one would even notice. Oh, so he does the show from his car with his Bluetooth and uh, hops. Hops. That's a sweet name for a dog. Did you get that card? I, uh, yes, I did, of him and the, and the dog, the boy and the dog. Stop right there. You know what I say? Stop right there. You know what I mean? It's like you just got, a, you just got two kings down. You don't need to hit again. Stop. Don't add anything else to the family. It's perfect. Stop. You know what I'm saying? You got a really cute kid. You got, I'm talking here of, of uh, Marco. Mm-hmm. You got a really, you got an awesome wife. You got a cute kid. You got a great dog. Stop. Just rest, just rest on your laurels for a little. I say stick. Laurels, laurels, maybe no laurels. I don't know. All I'm saying is there's no way that gets better. You right. either, you're going to, I know God bless them. If they want to have another kid or some more dogs, it's mm-hmm. very common in San Francisco, Dan, you should really have multiples of both. But, uh, I don't know. I just think you're tempting fate. I think, you know, I think he hit a natural 20. Now, is that a, is that a, is that a, am I talking about dice or cards? What That's am I a D&D about? reference. Is Gambit the one that throws uh, dice? Is that you're him? thinking of Cable. Cable. That's the guy with the uh, FTP software. Did you see, did I, didn't I send you a picture of the pic- cable, the baby cable? Was that what that was? Uh, you mean like a Scotty Young kind of baby cable? Yeah, the baby cable. <gasps> I want to see it. Didn't I send that to you? What are the notes? I'm not what putting it in notes. I'm sending it to you. I'm following Scotty Young on the Tumblr now. I follow like four comic people on the Tumblr. It's pathetic. Pathetic. Scotty Young, that guy's talented. Let me see here if I took you know, Scotty Young, he knows, he knows, he knows when to, yeah, when baby, to, uh, baby cable right here. Oh, where is it? Is it in the email? No, I, 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 I am it to you. I can't, Dan, I'm online. Yeah, but the, the thing you were just chatting to me on, I just sent it there again just now. Right. Tell me, me if you my, want this. I'll get it for I you. I do. I want it. I want it. I want to put it in show notes. I'm looking at my eye. No, I mean, if you want me to buy this for you. <sighs> I can't even see what the, this is, Dan. Here's the thing, Dan. Lion. It seems like a fairly recent operating system. It seems like that. But the beta for messages is dead. It's, 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 it's dead like Trotsky. And now, so I got no messages on my Mac Pro. I may, I, oh, look at that. <gasps> look at how cute baby cable is. Do you look want at, that? You know, is it a book? It's, it's, it's issue number whatever of the latest. Oh, it's the Marvel Now? Oh, I, you know what? Cable I got and the, I've got the 1A non-variant cover of this. <gasps> Six ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, right. if you can. Oh my gosh, we don't get many variants here. No, we get them all. You're kidding. No, we get every variant ever and all the baby covers, everything. You're kidding. Okay, we bought, we popped Do you four, want me to just go uh, and pick some of these up for you? Well, you got a lot to do. I'll see if uh, I can get out there today. I'll reimburse you. I'll reimburse you. I'm not looking for that. Hmm. Okay, thank you. Well, here's the thing. Um, they say, it is said, <laughs> that uh, the variant cover, it's a sucker's game. That's what they say. Have you heard people say this? It says for suckers. I've variant. heard you say it. Okay, I... I like them. I wish I got more of them. I wish I had baby Deadpool. I didn't get baby Deadpool. But we did get, we were very fortunate at, uh, I probably shouldn't say, because I'm there a lot and it would be creepy. But Two Cats, Two Cats Comics, West Portal Avenue. Best. Best. You Go just lost your entire inventory, didn't you? Someone you just, just heard this just, and yeah, they're already keep there. Hands, keep your hands off my damn box. <laughs> you better do. Anyway. I'm no longer the guy with the most recent box, so I'm technically a veteran now. Two cats. Yeah, go there. They're really great. They got lots of TPPs. Christian, Aaron, good group, good group. And um, we did pop for the all-new X-Men number one Scotty Young cover, which is amazing. 
And you know the one I'm talking about? Have you seen it? It's the one where you see a big shadow of Wolverine and then all of the rest of the X-Men are babies and um, uh, uh, Iceman has shattered. Like they've obviously been throwing him like a ball and Mm. all the X-Men are pointing at each other. It's really cute. Scotty Young. Scotty Young. Now he did. Now you're, you, I don't know if your son would be into this, but the, I can really recommend his Wizard of Oz books. Oh, really? Yeah, they're really good. The guy's a great, great artist. Okay, Dan, this has to stop. We got to stop with the comic stuff. I've been, we've <laughs> just been voted the best, the best new comics podcast for 2012. I saw that. Oh my god, that's that's fantastic. I think we probably are. The thing is, isn't every podcast a comics podcast in some way? Well. Yes, well, no, I, I mean, would say like, yes. No, it's like a kid in a shawl in musical theater. Like, you know, he like might a, be missing his best bet. You know what I'm like saying? Like a villain? Or, hmm? huh? Like a f- villain? Yes. No, hmm. no, no, no. Anyway, lots of people took me up on the saga and enjoyed it. Uh, what did I read this week that I liked? Oh, you know what I've been loving is FF. Matt Fraction's uh, FF volume two. Really? Uh-huh. And that brought me back. So now this is, this is how they get you. And, and, and Matt Fraction's not going to see a dime of this. And that makes me so angry. I go back to the Hickman, Hickman, uh, Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. and the FF Volume 1, which are pretty good. And, and, and I have to say, FF, pretty, pretty mostly kid-friendly. <sighs> so productivity. What is that what this? I got two great gifts this week. Um, you said you see my, the Jean Grey? print did you see that in the on oh the on, on kung fu, kung fu no, i have not oh it's in the notes there this is uh two two variant david david <laughs> he uh, got some good stuff on david this hassler and nathan whitmer <laughs> sent me this amazing print yeah. it's called it's in, i'll put it in notes um gene that's amazing Daniels. isn't that beautiful that kind of captures uh something nice and and i'm mentioning saga this is this shows you the system works dan can I, say, can I just say that sometimes the system works? Go ahead. Remember I sent you a picture of that uh, envelope I got? Mm-hmm. I mentioned how much I was enjoying Saga on the Twitter. And you know what? You know what? What? Im- Image Comics here over in Berkeley. Image Comics. Are you familiar with their work? Mm-hmm. They sent me a little care package. What's in? You really want to know? Yeah, of course. They have this new thing. Well, not a new thing. I guess they do this periodically called Image Firsts, where they go back and they re-release the first issue of some of their books for like 99 cents and they sent me six of them so nice saga fatale manhattan projects thief of thieves chew which i i am given to believe i'm going to really enjoy and revival which looks great too i think you'll and i already bought i I already bought the tpb of fatale for what it's worth i go back and forth on on chew like i heard so many really great things about it yeah and found that from not for me Again, another one of these things I was so excited to try out. Yeah. And just not for me. I think I have a feeling I'm really going to like it. You'll like it. Um, but I just would you. like to say, I don't have the names of the two people I saw on Twitter, but thank you very much because that's a huge honor. I really admire that company a lot. And it's just super nice. And the guys at Two Cats say that they're nice people. Whenever they have to deal with the image people, they say that they're very nice people, which is amazing because a lot of people die in their comics, Dan. I don't know if you know it. Image. Some of them are already dead and killing people. Are you aware of that? Uh, no, I did not know that. Oh, here's the image first. I see the uh, the the, uh, the photo you put here. You see that rug? It's a really costly rug. It really ties uh, the room together. Tied the room together. 
And uh, you know, the, can, can, I don't know if you could tell from looking at it. It's a kind of a woven, a woven uh, a rug. And uh, for the first year, we had it. Little tiny, little tiny fibers of that rug. Oh, like, they always come. They come off. Yeah. yeah, basically, our whole house was like milling with like these uh, cyclones of pubes. It looked like pubes. Uh huh. Like a pube rug. Hmm. Yeah. So oh. anyway, I would have put the con- see. I, I bagged and boarded them. Did I tell you, I'm doing bagging and boarding now. I, is that what they call that? In is that what's it called? The extreme uh, interrogation. What do they call that? <laughs> Water bagging? Water. You ever gotten water bagged? <laughs> Not, no. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm glad that you're finally that doing cost, this. It cost you 500 Deutschmarks. Um, I am too. I am too. And I've, uh, I, what I did was I also printed out, you know what? I should share this. I printed out the, um, so you haven't been bagging and boarding any of these. Well, I just had them in a big pile. Huh. But like when Kelly Sue sent me the Captain America, you will damn sure that guy, I bagged and boarded the crap out of that okay. guy. All right. But, uh, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, so now I'm doing that. And now my comic divider's arrived today. So oh, uh, right. oh, I'll right. officially just turn in my penis. Did you go with and, the plastic ones? Mm-hmm. I think that's what I got there. Have you done Amazon Locker yet? Amazon Locker? Have you done that? Mm, oh, I know exactly what it is, but no, I haven't. It's cool. It's cool. And then, you know, the only problem with the Amazon Locker is you got, you got to pick it up within three business days or they send it back, which is a little weak. Ooh. Boy, that cable is cute. I'll get you that. I'll run out. You know, he looks like he looks like um, Calvin a little bit. Calvin and Hobbes of Calvin and yeah. Hobbes fame. I bet you Bill Watterson's mad about it. Watterson. Watterson is that the guy from uh, from Good Morning Vietnam? What am I thinking of? Who's the guy from Law and Order? Sam Waterfield. What's his name? You know the guy. Oh, the Barney guy the, Barney the Cooper Catholic. Smith. Marty Cooper Smith. No, no, no. I think you're thinking of Marty Ackerman. Hmm. What's one. the one played by uh, Bob Einstein? What's his name? Marty. Oh, Wankel. Marty Wankel. Okay. <sighs> Good week? Yeah, it's all right. Hmm. You've really lost your brio, haven't you? You've lost your zest. You've lost your... It seems to me that you're pretty mad about this whole holiday thing. I know you refuse to admit that you're mad about things, but it seems to no, me... No, I don't refuse to admit that. Yes, I'm, you do. I'm very, very... I really don't like... I really I don't like the, the holidays. I heard on the morning show. It, it yeah. seems like it's something where it's no longer something you're just kind of quietly carrying with you. It's, it's, a, real, it's a real burn in your saddle from what I can gather. Yeah, I don't like it. Holidays, people take off. You, can, you can't reach them. The, the spice is not flowing. Yeah. yeah. You're, sit, you're sitting there. Whoever controls mic. the spice controls the universe. Absolutely. You're sitting there with your mic in your hand going, what's, what's happening? What are we doing? <laughs> More or less. Are we doing this or are we not doing this? Yeah. And the answer is we're not doing it, apparently. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Ho, ho, ho. Hmm. Boy, it must be hard for you to just like have to sit around with family, because because you don't seem like a holiday guy in general. No, yeah. Well, you're not much even like of like a a weekend guy, right? It isn't no. like you feel like a day of the week is like a whole different kind of deal. No, but no. I was, I, I'm aware that on certain days I have different responsibilities from the responsibilities that I have on most of the other days. But hmm. I'm not a. I got a lot to do. I got a lot to do. I don't have much time left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Compression. Yeah, totally. Yeah. When I used to have um, something more like real jobs, and this, this still happens um, with my fake jobs that I have now, but uh, it used to drive me a little crazy that <sighs> definitely Thanksgiving, but increasingly, like as soon as like Halloween, like everything seems to get about um, 20 to 40% slower and less reliable in terms of communication. Yeah. And it's not not, a, not necessarily a bad thing, but you add a lot of width to the cycle. Like it, you know what I mean? Things can take a lot longer. People don't account for this, Dan. This is a productivity point. I think people don't account for what I would maybe call the wraparound. 
You know, the what? You think about something like, well, think about like when you're waiting for. Wait, what was the term? I call it the wraparound, oh, like okay. an asteroids. That's different. Well, like if you're going to, you deposit a check mm. and it takes five days to clear. Right. Well, that's like five bank days. <sighs> so it's really a week, right? I don't understand the whole, you know, business should be 24 7, 365. And there's live, always live, be, listen, live business, live business. Let me tell you something. Mm. When I was, uh, I started working like part time jobs after school when I was 13. 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, as uh, the, you know, the Jew, I always worked Christmas. Like, I didn't care. Give it to the Jew. Didn't matter to me. I get time and a half. Mm-hmm. He's going to complain anyway. That's right. That's, that's what he does. So I've been, work, I've been working through weekends Literally. and holidays since I was 13 years old without mm. really any break. Mm. I, well, there was one break after that dot-com imploded and I had no job. But that was a very short period of time before I started my own thing. With that as the one exception... I've been working nonstop since I was 13 years old. So holidays, weekends, I don't care. Give me something to do. Hmm. Limited time. Running out, you, I'm running I, out of time. I think you got demon dogs, Dan. You got devil dogs. I think if you stopped working, you'd lose your mind. Well, why would I stop working? What would I do? I don't know. If I Just, went to live in like a Buddhist monastery or something, it'd still be work. Different kind of work. That's not really work. Oh, yeah, it is. No, no. Toughest wood, work I do is on carry water. Blah blah. <laughs> toughest work I do is on that meditation cushion. That's for sure. Mm, mm, you should get a nicer cushion. I know. I well, I have several. Is it comfortable? Depending. That's a good answer. Do you kneel on rice? You ever kneel on rice? That's not paleo, right? When you can walk you on, on rice on paper bones, without you tearing it, bones? you will know that you are walking in silence. And so, one of the tattoos is a dragon, and what's the other one? A baboon. Plastic bag. Boy, that's a deep joke. Um. <laughs> So big week, huge week. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry to see uh, Marco's program go. I'm going to miss that. And uh, <sighs> Syracuse is not far behind. It's tough. It's tough. It's, I'm, I'm going to miss those guys. But you know what? It's the nature of change. Hakuna Matata. You know what people I'm saying? Are, people are, are concer- fairly concerned about this. About which part? About the shows, you know, the shows going away and that... Uh, they and should be. What will happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, the only time we really think about change is when things are changing. When things aren't changing, we just keep thinking about how everything's going mostly okay. You know, it's why when somebody dies, we all think about death. I mean, unless we're morose or don't have a job. Or if you're but, already all thinking about death and then, then mm-hmm. it's par for the course. I mean, what I'm saying here is patently obvious, except that it's not obvious. Boy, what a great quote. I heard a, I heard a great um, This American Life with uh, Errol Morris recently. God, we had the greatest quote. Have you seen the thing he did with, you know what, doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, the quote, which I will probably butcher, is something like, nothing is so obvious that it's obvious. And that's, uh, I don't know, that's right in my wheelhouse. You know, I, the thing is, all the things that are obvious are not really obvious. Uh, things like, um, like change. I mean, like once you, uh, once you become a Heraclitian, as everyone should be. Wait a minute, what is, what is that? Uh, there are two, Heracle- uh, like Heracles. Heraclitus, yeah. There's, there are two. Um, Isn't that where you have the really bad breath that doesn't go away after your brush? Yeah, some simple, 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 uh, simple chronic heraclitus. Now that has nothing to do with the colostomy, right? <laughs> simple, okay. simple. Hmm. There are two, uh, two of the preeminent Socratic philosophers are Heraclitus and Parmenides. And if you had to reduce them into something that you could explain on a podcast, it would be that uh, Parmenides says that life is stasis, and Heraclitus says that life is change that you never step into the same river twice because the water's always moving. I think, I think Parmenides was a sucker 
he doesn't understand how, how quickly uh, change would, would render his uh, ridiculous pre-Socratic philosophy useless. Anyway, you, come, you become a Heraclitian. Heraclitian. I didn't, Dan, I didn't eat. I had to go get a delivery at my house. I, oh. I, I haven't eaten. Got to get bagged. And uh, once, the thing is, once you accept that, and I think this is a big part of Buddhism, yes? It's this idea of constant change. Yeah, the, uh, the, well, the, the Buddhist word is for it, of course, is impermanence. Mm-hmm. And, if you, and if you try to find happiness or stability in something that's impermanent, then at best you will find impermanent happiness. So you, you, the goal of Buddhism is to, to connect with something that, has, that is permanent, something that has permanence to it. And, and that's through essentially enlightenment. It's a, a permanent state of happiness and non-clinging. And that is some seriously high level fruitcake stuff it that is. I absolutely happen to absolutely agree with. But, good, to, but by the way, good luck getting there. Hmm? Thank you. Um, no, I mean for every for no, sorry. First time Parmenidean. But the, hmm, I prefer Romano cheese, actually. The, here's the thing. Um, think about business. Uh, think about relationships. Uh, you know, even if you aren't being fruity and up in the clouds... Uh, there's something to be gained by just assuming that everything's only going to be here for a while, that, that every glass is temporarily unbroken. That's, I think that is just a smart way to look at life. And I, I think in, in America or Western culture, I think that sounds like a real karma suck way to be because we're supposed to be thinking about, you know, making this particular bank account bigger or making this particular farm more productive or whatever. But as the events, as any, any of the event, well, really any events will show us Things, we have so little control over things, they can change really fast, and they will change eventually. And this, this thing that surprises people, including me, because I freak this as much as anybody or more, is that, um, you know, is that, is that, you know, we get so used to something being comfortable. Uh, I guess this is Buddhism. But you get really used <laughs> to something being comfortable and not changing, and right. you start sort of taking it for granted. And I don't love talking to my daughter about death in the same way that you do. I don't know. I don't, I don't love it. Yes, you do. You love it. You, I don't you, love Don't it. you relish it? I, no, not what gave you that idea. Besides the conversation we had a long time ago where I said that I, I won't Big not game. talk to him about it. Yeah. Okay. I hmm. don't like it. I, I, are you a lawyer? Have you been to law school or just forensics club or like, how did you become such a slippery little man? <laughs> I, I, I can't answer that. Mm-hmm. It's because you don't go, don't take holidays, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Cloven hooves. No, I don't. Uh, I don't. And, but that's something interesting because we had that conversation. We never really circled back, as you say, to it. Mm. Uh, which is, you know, there. I I try not to. In in this culture, where we are very, uh, like the whole concept of of death is a very. It, it it's almost like a taboo. It's like you should talk about drugs and sex before you ever talk about death. But yet, every everybody eventually dies, right? So, sheltering or shielding them from that knowledge. I'm not saying like you should bring it up every every chance you get or anything, but I don't. I don't want. This is weird. I don't want to shelter my kids from the, the knowledge that death exists. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. But this is off topic. Not really. Um, it's different the, from, from, you know, like, well, here's well, one problem. One, one problem is, is, is being 
I think kids know when you're being overly subtle. I can sense when I'm trying to parse something in some stupid ass way that takes out the essential nature of it in order to under explain it in a way that won't scar my daughter. It's stupid. I mean, death is death. It's hard to describe. It's hard to describe death without talking about what it is, which is the end of something. And we don't like, I don't like making my kid upset, but I wonder how much of it is me. um, I don't know. Overcompensating. But I mean, the way I try to explain it now, which is a little bit, you know, cotton candy is to say, well, everything dies, you know, um, your, your teacher, you know, she's gone now. Like she, she died. Right. I mean, grandma, grandma's gonna die at some yeah. point. I'm sorry to say we're, and that's why we're lucky every day that she's here and we have to enjoy each other while we're here. Exactly. Yeah. I learned this at a very young age and it took me a long time to try and get to that where I wake up every day and, and don't just worry about how I'm going to be consumed and killed by the world, but how parts of the world I may not even be thinking about might go away. And I think if you do that well and with the right amount of lightness and heaviness, the right mix, then you start hopefully taking stuff seriously and you don't just end up yelling at the uh, lady at uh, on track at seven o'clock on a <sighs> Monday night, but I don't want to get into that. No, that doesn't sound pleasant. So that's Heraclitus. Bagged and boarded. <laughs> Board, boarded up. Boarded up, bagged and boarded. Boy, that, that sounds super dirty. Mm-hmm. Mm, doesn't it a little oh, bit? Oh, yeah. No, not, yes. It sounds a little German. Now, 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 now was uh, Kung Fu, was he, he was into the bagging, but not the boarding. Is well, that right? I don't, I don't know exactly what the nature of his That could have just been was. a mistake. That could have been a one-time error. Um, so comics, and then, uh, <laughs> do you want to talk more about, uh, you know what, you should tell me about something you like. Is there anything you'd like to tell me about that you like? There are a number of things. In fact, I would say there are three things. The first of them is, uh, well, we won't do them all now. I no. mean, we're only doing a fifth, this whole show is only going to be about like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, now. no, t- t- total, out the door, 20 minutes, right. maybe. The Omni Group. Can we talk about this? These are I the, am very, very happy that we can talk about <laughs> this. Proud, unofficial porters of Oni. To I, had to look, I had to look that up. I assume that was three typos. <laughs> Oni is a game that, that uh, Omni Group <laughs> ported to OS ten. Yes. In like 2001. Yes. What kind of game is Oni? It is a, um, I guess you would describe it as a, like a, uh, well, it's a hand-to-hand comic. It's a kung fu, I guess, game. <laughs> does, that, does that sound all right? It's a th- I'm not going to say anything because there's like five funny things there. Please continue. Right. Oni. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they did that. It was this, it, this, this used to be, was this, uh, this used to be like uh, Solaris only or something? No, I think it, no, wasn't it a Bungie game? Bungie. Hang on. I'm gonna, do I have to look this up? Anyway, uh, these guys are great. Bungie, and, West, and- Bungie West's only game. It broke new ground by blending third-person shooting with hand-to-hand combat, resulting in a unique yet familiar game for third-person shooter enthusiasts. Hmm. Uh-huh. Oni. Oni? Oni. Of course, these guys also do OmniFocus. They would yeah, like- we call, I called them jackals last week for not being a sponsor on here. Isn't that awful? Mm-hmm. I called them jackals. No, it is awful. Well, they're still jackals, but I'm just, I'm really, I'm glad that they're here because they're doing something super duper cool. Well, they're trying a brand new thing at Macworld. Mm-hmm. And uh, this thing is called the OmniFocus Setup. And the goal of this, this OmniFocus Setup is to teach or talk to as many of their customers or pot- potential customers about the app and workflows and features, whatever, for a reasonable length of time. This is happening in San Francisco, California. Are you familiar with, uh, I think I think it's called Frisco, is what the, mm-hmm. the locals call it. Yeah, San Frisco. San, mm-hmm. San Frisco on January 31st. 
which is a Thursday. They will start the morning off with these one-on-ones with their own people and a few other folks. I, I don't know who else will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, then there'll be some quick talks. There'll be a Q&A panel. The thought leaders of OmniFocus will all, will all be there. I don't know who those people could be. Yeah, but I imagine, I imagine that it will be people who are reputed to have certain knowledges with regard to uh, the, 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 the product of name. Right. And as of this morning, I'm one of them. What? 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 Are you even kidding me? I now, just sent you a photo of me reacting to what you just said. Ah! Yeah, it's going to be... I, I, now, are they mentioning the people who are going to be there? They're still being a little cagey about who's going to be there. I, right? do not so, have, I do not have a list, but knowing that you're there is pretty exciting. And there might be new... There might be something new. Maybe. Maybe. If you're really nice, they, say they might uh, show you some new stuff. But no, this is going to be cool because... Uh, this is funny and, and perfectly, I think, uh, contemporaneous, as we say in Florida, with, uh, with, with what we're talking about on the program these days. Um, you know, a program like OmniFocus was designed to support a productivity system. Um, I mean, it was very much designed with something like getting things done in mind. And in fact, they have, I don't know if they still do, but they have had a relationship with the company in the past. Um, and they've built it to support that kind of thing. But, you know, OmniFocus... It, there's a lot to it. There's a lot you can do with it. And it, like like any good program that does a lot, it, you can become overwhelmed by it. Oh, and yeah. you can always kind of, there's that gnawing feeling where you're like, I don't know if I'm really getting all that I can out of this. I see other people, like when I watch people using VI and my eyes pop out of my head, I'm like, how are you? I don't understand. How long did it take you to be able to do that? Well, I think part of the purpose here is to provide, if I understand this correctly, is to provide a practicum to show people with like hands on, like here's how this stuff works. Right? Yeah. Am I getting this right? Doesn't this sound correct? Yes, this sounds what perfect. I'd like to do. I think I'm going to be part of a panel or something. But wow. I will, in any case, I will, I will be at this thing and I'm, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm officially going to be there. We'll see. I, 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 will, no, I, I say, would like to time, attend this. What time and what do I wear? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's going to be, uh, well, I can tell you where it's going to be. This, uh, is this real? Yeah. Cartoon Art Museum. My daughter's been there and I haven't. How sad is that? Weird. Mm-hmm. They had a big Avengers display. Do you actually live anywhere near San Francisco? Not really. Uh-huh. No, it's one of those things like Paris, Texas. You just tell people you live in Paris and hope they don't ask too much more. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, no, this is in, uh, this is over, uh, well, as, as it happens, turns out uh, there will be another uh, large Mac-related event in town at the same time. So if you happen to be attending any large Mac-related events at the end of January, it would be an excellent time for you to pop into this. And uh, give, so give them the details on this. What are the specifics on it? It's uh, Thursday. It the- is Thursday, January 31st in San Francisco, California at the Cartoon Art Museum. You can Which- sign up at omnigroup.com and they would love to meet you. Yeah, do it. And I'll, and I'll see you there. I'll, I'll have the hand sanitizer. I'll be there. Oh, I'll do it. Because like, you know, I used to, you know, do like little demos at their booth. Yeah. At large Mac events. And uh, I mean, I could talk about OmniFocus forever. I, I uh, it's, it's really neat because um, there are so many different things you can do with it. And, and with, especially with the introduction of the iOS apps, it, it has made me really rethink. I'll, I'll, you know, the only thing better than solving a problem in some ways is realizing it's the wrong problem mm. and, and <laughs> solving something else. And, having, and I realized how overly heavy weight so much of what I was doing having nothing to do with OmniFocus and everything to do with my brain. Mm -hmm. But I've really simplified that a lot just because I use OmniFocus on the iPad and iPhone so much. So I'm, I'm looking forward to learning and uh, because I always learn when I want to see how other people do stuff, how they do things like set up, you know, templates and, and do all this amazing hacky stuff, stuff like, you know, I mean like, like for example, I, you know, 
you know what? It's going too long. But like I have to go pick up something in an Amazon locker. And so you know what I did? I dropped in into that task that I will have with me on my phone, on, the, on my desktop here, on this Mac that won't run messages. I dropped in a link to the order at Amazon and I dropped in a, a search on Gmail that will pull up all of the codes I've ever gotten to open an Amazon locker. So it's a perma useful oh, URL that'll do that right from my phone. Um, you can also link to tasks from inside. Of, I mean, anyway, this is what I, I hope this is a lot of what you'll get to hear uh, is. And it's nice to meet the folks who make it because, you know, I, I hate that phrase, eating your own dog food <laughs> or drinking your own champagne, as some say. But uh, these guys live this stuff. They really do it. And they have made uh, just a fantastic application that I, I can't imagine um, not using. So, yeah, so Omni Group and, and the official title, the Omni Focus Setup. Is that accurate? That is correct. It is, it is called the OmniFocus Setup. OmniFocus is one word. I'm going to go to their uh, global internet website and make sure that there's something on the Omni Group homepage for this okay. so people know what to look for. I'm clicking. I'm clicking. Hey, look at that. Right at the top of the page. Oh, that's a pretty typeface. What is that? It's nice. The OmniFocus Setup. Join us uh, during, oh, I guess it's Macworld. <laughs> during Macworld. Yeah, during mm-hmm. Macworld. Hmm. January 31st, one-on-one. And then, uh, yeah, so go in and, uh, and sign up. And, and and really seriously, thank you to uh, to Ken and Tim and everybody and my gosh, everybody there. The way you, you, know, they're, you very, they're very talented people. They're you know they're very very talented people there. Well, it seems like it. Yeah, yeah. They used to have aquariums. I don't think they have aquariums anymore. Like fish tanks. I think they're deprecated. Huh. Yeah, like a, like a fish tank, an aquarium. Matt hmm. Matt aquarium. Matt aquarium. Our thank. Our thanks to Omni Group. For supporting five by five and back to work. Our thank, our thank you, our big thanks. Thank you very much. This is really super cool, and uh, I'll be there, whether they like it or not. Yeah. You know, they can try to change it. Oh, you you're know? going. Yeah, it's the nature of change. Heraclitus, look it up. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You should come out for that. You like to travel now? Yeah, I'll be there. Hmm. Hmm. Can't believe you punked out on me and didn't come out here. Yeah. No, but I'll be there for that. My God, you're like a disappointment machine. I know. And just constantly restocked. They don't, they don't have to turn it off. I know. You're like a mainframe of disappointment. You can uh, hot swap. Mm. Boy, I'm going to miss not understanding what John Syracuse is talking about. Every week I look forward to five and a half hours of listening to him explain something that I don't understand. And I, I, I know and trust the man. I know that what he's saying makes sense. It's just that I don't know what it means and I really enjoy it. It's like watching a PBS show about something you don't understand. You know, except there's no tote bags. <laughs> Tuck bag. I want to talk more about getting things done today. Is that okay with you? I would like that, yeah. Okay. This is part of our uh, ongoing storyline, our uh, summer crossover event, talking about David Allen's book, Getting Things Done. And so in the last three episodes, which would be Back to Work, mm-hmm. 95, 96, and 97, mm. we've been addressing uh, different uh, practical components of, uh, of getting things done. Dan, Dan, if somebody wanted to find show notes for this episode of the show, could you, could you please tell them in a non-normative way uh, where they could find the show notes for this? Non-normative? Don't be normative. 5x5.tv slash B as in back, mm-hmm. 2 as in the number, and mm-hmm. W as in women, slash. Mm-hmm. Those W as in work. I thought you were going to do a, me- a meta mnemonic. Slash 98. Slash 98. That is this show, all of the notes right there. And people don't know this, but you can subscribe there on the right-hand side of that page. There's a little link that says RSS feed. If you subscribe to that in just a regular news reader, like Google reader or whatever you like to use the, when the episodes are posted, the show notes uh, will show up 
right there in the RSS feed and you'll have them all right there. Handy dandy. Nothing is so obvious that it's obvious. And we're going to make a newsletter out of it. Hmm. Which one are you? Huh? Hmm. And so um, 95, episode 95, just in quick, uh, quick um, review. Uh, we talked about the philosophical, psychological components, like why I think anything's done is such a, a great thing. Yeah. Uh, the 90, episode 96, we talked more about kind of understanding enough about the system to get started. And, and it, again, to repeat, 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 you ha- really need to read this book. My blathering about this, as you can probably guess, is no substitute for reading David's actual wonderful book. Uh, and last week, I thought was pretty good. Uh, you know, <laughs> something that gets lost in a lot of productivity uh, systems and worldviews is how to do stuff. So a lot of what we talked about last week was using the horizontal and vertical axes of the getting things done model to do what you can right now based on things like what you could do, like how much energy you have, how much time you have, what your priorities are. Um, and I thought that was a good episode. I, I, I would really suggest if you're only have so much time to listen to think people talking about productivity, I think that was a, a pretty useful one. I mean, in some ways, let's be honest. The, the idea between, behind all of this is to get you excited about wanting to read this book. I, you know what I mean? I can't, there's only, it's sort of like the Buddhism, right? I mean, there's only so much of my talking about meditation that will stand in place of actually meditating. And in this case, sorry to use a spiritual analogy, but um, I, I think it would really benefit people to listen to those shows just to decide if it is worth your time, in which case, hey, keep listening to the shows, but definitely go pick up the book. And so... This week, um, I, I have, I'm not really sure quite what to call this, but I know there's something here. Um, may I continue? Please. Thank you. Um, I didn't eat. I had to go home and get a delivery. Oh. Mm-hmm. Regional sales, sales rep brought it right to the house. Assistant to the regional sales rep. Assistant to the regional. Um, something we talked about since that first episode, something you get pretty quickly in getting things done. Um, is that one of, the, one of the great things you will get out of this if you stick with it is a strange and seemingly paradoxical combination of two things. You, you, you joked or didn't joke a few weeks ago about how, what was the word you used to describe me? That I'm very um, regimented about some things. Yes, I mean, it does seem that way to me. Still. And then very loosey-goosey about others and, and something like that. But, but that's what's neat about getting things done. If you dive in, adopt this system, put it in place. If it works for you, if you stick with it, you get two really, really interesting, complementary, I guess, sides of a coin, Heraclitus and Parmenides type uh, benefits from this that, that really do seem at odds. So, you know, again, one of the very first things you do in getting things done is this idea of the mental suite where you sit down and just like, like barf out everything that's on your mind or could be on your mind or is on your mind that you didn't realize was on your mind. Like that's really weirdly purging to do, to get all that stuff out there and look at it. Now, if you stop at that, you're probably, you might feel relief for a minute, but mostly you're going to feel anxiety about all of those things. There's Mm -hmm. processing that has to happen. But, you know, you'll notice this strange oscillation. If you work the five stages of this, of this workflow, you'll, you'll notice this strange oscillation happening that I, well, at the risk of uh, going on John Syracuse, I guess you could call it modality, Hmm. right? If you could think about like VI for your productivity, like you have this one mode that you're in. (laughs) The one mode that you're in is you're thinking about work and dealing with the mechanics of work, your planning work. And then you hit escape again, or I guess I technically, <laughs> and, then, and then you're doing the work. And when you're doing the work, you have complete freedom to not have to think about 
all of the work that you're doing or not doing. You're just making the work happen. This, this sounds impossible. But when you do something like on the one hand, you've got this modality of the planning and the thinking, right? And so you're going to do things like do weekly reviews. You're going to do mental sweeps. You're going to, you might even do daily reviews where you go back and look at what you've done. You don't have to be doing this stuff all the time, but it's in that modality of thinking about work and planning work that you create the possibility of the second mode. And the second mode is where you get to be relaxed, right? Not worried about what you're not doing. You need to, you can be more open to change happening because you're not going to be flustered about this being another thing in your stack. And I have to say, it's a great way to, I don't want to say, I don't want to say that it will make you more creative, but if you're worrying that you're not being as creative as you'd like to be, and there's so many different ways we can be creative, um, you need to have that other modality. You need the one modality where you're really tightly wound. Mm. Like, you know, you need to know that everything on that calendar is going to happen or is, if it's not going to happen, take it off. You need to know that everything you've put into these lists or these projects, these tasks, those are things you're going to do. Otherwise, your mind's going to drift. You don't have that wall anymore, you know? And, and I think it's that lack of a wall that makes people look at something like getting things done where they go... I'm not really doing the stuff I know I should be doing right now, but I'm, I'm not really doing anything. I'm mostly just sitting here and I'm worrying. And as soon as I start working on one thing, I feel guilty that I'm not doing something else. Well, that's what these modalities allow. The one modality of, I'm trying to think of a good name for this, but when I think about something like the, the patterns inside of getting things done, one huge pattern in getting things done, a big part of the workflow is something called a review, right? So you take something like you've got an inbox and you've got reviews. Well, what is an inbox? An inbox is like anything you have not made a decision about goes into the inbox. And you could be working that inbox. And I'm talking about you can have a, literally a physical inbox is what he recommends. And it works great. I think really this is a good way to look at your email inbox. It's a good way to look at your OmniFocus inbox. Any inbox you've got. To me, an inbox is a big pile of stuff that you haven't made a decision about. It contains ambiguity. Uh, it contains unknown things. It contains unresolved things. But if you always have this trusted area where the chaos goes, then your whole life does, as David says, if you don't have one inbox, your entire life turns into an inbox. Like if you don't know where all your stuff is or like what uh, ambiguity has not been recognized as being ambiguous, like that's going to drive you nuts. And if you get in the habit of throwing stuff into whether that's a physical or virtual inbox that you know you will come back to to process, you will really, you will very quickly see benefits from that. And what's a great example of that? Well, if you've gone through this, if you've worked the process, you've got an inbox. If somebody comes along and you're in the middle of something that you know is a very, something that's very important to you, something that's very timely, something that like you need, need to do right now, and you get what you might call an interruption, well, I think, I think historically most of us would go, oh, I have to deal with this now. I have to, I have to exhale and sigh and deal with this. Mm-hmm. So now you're kind of not doing two things. You're not doing the thing you were doing before. And now are you going to do the thing you're being interrupted by? Like, like what's allowed to stop you from doing what you're doing? You know, uh, if, if you've got to take a phone call, well, I guess you've got to take the phone call. But what can you do to get to where you're so clued into what you're trying to accomplish that you can, in the moment, know what kind of decision to make about an interruption or a quote-unquote distraction? That, you know, if you know you're working on the most important thing in the world to you right now, you're going to get a lot of courage to say, um, hey, look, I appreciate you calling, but is there any chance that we could, you could email me about this and then we could talk about it later? Or we could schedule a call about this? 
Like if it's important, then why don't we treat it like it's important? Right. Well, because most of the, the world- that con- Again, making it a project, making something a project. Multiple absolutely, steps. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also back to this whole lizard brain of people running around acting like everything's important, but not treating it like it's important. If it's important, why don't we schedule five minutes to talk about this like grownups instead of just bumping into each other like we're living in some kind of, you know, career pinball machine. So if I know, if I'm focused, I'm, I'm heads down on trying to, again, this is it's silly to keep talking about the show, but what, why not? Like if I, I want to finish these show notes um, today to, to be done and go pick my kid up at school, I've got to do that or the show can't go up. I am the dependency to this, right? There's a dependency over here, which is your buddy doing the editing. And there's a dependency in this chair right here, this filthy, filthy chair, which is me doing show notes and getting it to where it needs to be. Well, you know, if some telemarketer calls me and I go, oh, the phone's ringing, I have to deal with this. You know, or let's say for that matter, let's say it's a, it's like a pal of mine that calls me. Well, I, I'm very likely to text that person back and say, Hey, can we talk later? Unless it's an emergency. Can, can, can I, can I kind of bat this back to you and we'll deal with it later. And I know that the whole time I'm sitting there working on one thing that means a lot to me, I am pretty okay with the fact that there's a whole bunch of other stuff piling up that is not being dealt with. Well, how could I possibly feel that? and not be a crazy person. Well, I would say, how could, you, <laughs> how could you do it any other way? How could you not learn to be okay with stuff piling up? Well, the reason you're not okay with that is because you, you worry that you're not going to deal with it in the moment, and therefore you'll never get to it. And that's what an inbox does. An inbox gives you permission to hurl things into your future and know that they won't be lost. Now, this, this has a specific importance in email in particular, um, and I've done a fair number of talks <laughs> and things about email, yeah. but it's my belief that up until fairly recently, I know when I first got email in 1993 or whatever it was, if somebody sent you an email, you got it and you, you know, back in the day, you might let it pile up a little bit. You check it in the morning and maybe at night or something like that. But generally I responded to every email I got. Oh Yeah. Like you, if somebody sent you an email, you responded to it in the same way that if my grandmother got a letter, mm-hmm. she would write someone back. And of course, later on in life, that would be people sending her fake FedEx packages about refinancing her house. And I'm sort of saying, yeah, dear consolidated consolidation industries. Mm. I, I'm in reception of your letter of the 15th. Grandma, <laughs> that's not a real person. It's a robot FedEx. But, <laughs> but I think that, but now today, I think we're still getting our head around the idea that not every email we receive can or should get a response. Mm-hmm. Not because we're bad people, but just because we don't have any control. Like if that inbox starts becoming a place that's just a stack of stuff for you to do, you're going to lose your mind. And this is, this is such a huge part of getting things done. All you have to do is make a decision about stuff. And one of those decisions is, I'm not going to do this. Isn't that insane? <laughs> you know, um, if you get a whole bunch of stuff in your inbox, you're working, let's say I'm doing these show notes or whatever. I go and I check my inbox, which I'm not great at, but I go to look at my email. I'm not going to sit there and mentally calculate a 10 minute response for every single thing in there. I can't do that. And I won't do that. Um, and if I'm doing the system that I have called inbox zero correctly, I will go through every single one of those messages and I will perhaps respond to it. I will often turn it into a task using OmniFocus. Um, but a lot of the times I will just archive it because I'm not going to do anything about it. And not doing anything about an email today um, should take the same amount of energy as not doing something about that five years from now. Mm. And yet that's not the case. Because every single one of those things that you don't process when you deal with it is kind of on your mind. And this is what getting things done addresses. And so that's the weird paradox of this. 
is on the one hand, you have this, this really promiscuous inbox that you can throw anything into. You can put stuff in there. Other people can put stuff in there. But you're the only one who gets to decide if something that's in the inbox turns into something you're going to do, something you're going to accept responsibility for. And once you really, really adopt that, once you believe that, and once you start to understand in your heart what it means to not do that, you're going to get way pickier about the stuff that you do because you have to. You have to. And so, yes, the inbox is promiscuous. You throw things at it. But the reviews then, so the inbox is like, hey, look at me. I'm, I'm a crazy drunk guy throwing ideas in a thing. But then I'm going to process it, right? When I'm in my tightly wound mode, I'll do that processing. You know, thinking about and planning your work is part of your work. But ideally, the more time you spend doing the stuff that matters, the better. But to know what matters and to know what to do about it, you're going to have to churn through that stack on a regular basis. Now, why does it have to be regular? Well, that inbox of chaos turns into this rarefied list of projects and tasks through processing, but it has to happen on a regular basis. And so, so the, the modality of being creative and free and, and knowing what has to be done and having a relaxed sense of accomplishment about what, what you can do today or will do today, the only way that you can get that and then keep that is to keep coming back to that processing and keep coming back to reviewing. And so I want to holler if you want to do a sponsor here. Or, or can I go a little further? Yeah, go further. I don't know. Tighten a little bit more. Okay. Well, this is, this is, I want to talk about reviews for a second because reviews are part of that meta work modality, you know? And so the idea is that on at least a weekly basis, this is, I will tell you straight up, this is just about the hardest part of getting things done for almost everybody, in my opinion and experience. And it is arguably well, according to David Allen, it's not arguable. This is the key to success with getting things done is doing a review. Because you've got that inbox, you've got these places. Let's say you're even using OmniFocus. I've got a project called uh, Technology Infrastructure. So if I know I want to blow the dander out of my keyboard when I'm at my desk, I can throw that into there, right? I don't have to think a lot about that. I know the two axes. There's one axis called keep things maintained, you know, uh, the vertical. And then the horizontal axis, I can only do that when I'm at my desk. Boom. Okay, but if I have 5,000 of those kinds of tasks that I've just been throwing in the past week or two weeks or three weeks or four weeks, if I'm just throwing all that stuff into this area of known good tasks, well, well, wait, I have to go back ideally once a week at least. Go back through and look at every single item that's in there. This sounds insane. Because most people are going to, it's just going to be a big pile of stuff, right? It's it, it, essentially, they, if you haven't worked the inbox as this DMZ that is about decisions and not necessarily doing, right? Mm. If you haven't worked that, then you're going to go dead to your entire to-do list. Mm -hmm. You're going to go dead to your entire calendar because you don't know if it is relevant, alive, up-to-date, right? Is it complete? As, I think the way David says, is it complete and up-to-date? Because both of those are hard. I think when you get into reviews, and reviews are going to go through everything on your calendar, everything in all your projects, every loose piece of paper, you're going to go do these mental sweeps every week. You go back through. And that is your way of keeping your monkey mind uh, from completely freaking like out. Dumb, yeah. Like as often as you need to, you need to make sure you're up to date. Because you, once you do that, you'll trust yourself more. First of all, you'll trust yourself to know that things are not going to fall between the cracks. That's really important. And it's very, very difficult. But you're also going to trust yourself that when you go through and, for example, look at all your projects or look at all of your upcoming calendar events, you're going to know there's, you're going to be able to detect by thinking about each thing once. You're going to be able to detect things like, are you double booked? 
uh, for a calendar event? Did you forget that something's happening that week that you hadn't accounted for? Uh, are there a bunch of things in your project or task list that are dead? You know, maybe they're finished and you forgot to get rid of them. Um, are they stalled? Do you want to maybe put them someplace else? Do you still want them looking at, you know, do you still want that looking at you if, if you can't, won't, or shouldn't do anything about it right now? And so forth. Because if you do that regularly, the, the, the part about this, the completeness and up-to-date part of this is you now can trust yourself that everything that is on your plate, if you like, is all good stuff to do that needs to be done. And anything else that comes along will may, may find a place alongside of that. But you're not going to be in that state where you're just churning about yeah. all this stuff that, that may, may or may not even be alive. So, you know, it's the holidays right now, much to your chagrin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you, if you want to buy new Christmas lights, mm. like you say you don't like your Christmas lights, mm-hmm. you might want to create a task for yourself called um, buy, buy new Christmas lights mm-hmm. uh, for a project of, you know, uh, Christmas decorations and with the context of drugstore. And you might set that to start like say you don't say you just need them for next year. Like oh, I want to get the sales. You could have that start on December twenty sixth, so you won't even see that task appear. As in OmniFocus, you can set a start and due date for things. It won't even appear until it's time. Now, if that thing sits around and it gets to March, and you still have buy Christmas lists on there, buy, buy Christmas lights on your list, that's introducing a little bit of crazy, because something like what sixteen weeks have gone by and you haven't done anything about that. Well. When you're doing a review, and you know, let's admit, we, we don't all do our reviews every week like we should, but when you do, you're going to see that and go, wait, okay, uh, why have I not done the Buy Christmas Lights project? I don't know. Well, okay, then delete it. I can't. Okay, well, then put it into a someday maybe list. Um, I don't know. I'm too, I'm too busy. This is the problem. All that stuff accumulates and... The, that, that, that feeling of like, I, I can't, I'm too busy, uh, 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 is what's overwhelming to people. It's the same thing that makes people have 5,000 5, emails in their inbox and feel bad about it. And in that case, you might just want to say to yourself, well, maybe I'm going to change this to a project that starts again in November, so I don't need to see it till then. Mm-hmm. Or you might start another reference file, like a text file somewhere of all the stuff you want to do for next Christmas, then give yourself a reminder to look at that list in the future. Is this in the right place? Do I need to be seeing it this often if I'm not doing something about it? Mm-hmm. And why am I not doing anything about it? It takes us straight back to the, uh, whatever it was, 27 priorities or whatever. You know, if it's a priority, it's done. That's how you know it's a priority. It's that mania for piling all this have-to-do stuff up that makes us crazy. And, and so um, I want to hear about something you like, but, but what, I want to get, what I want you to think about in the interim is, is this, this modality. So everybody says they want to get more things done. They want to get more accomplished. They want to feel better about their work. They want to like what they do. And I think almost everybody I know says they would like to be more creative and they'd like to act on that. You can't, I can't say this for everybody. I'll speak for myself. And I think most people, it is very difficult to be truly creative when you're stressed out. Because when you're stressed out, you are not, you're not in the state of mind that makes you open to new things and interesting combinations. Right. If you're distracted, if you're tired, if you're all those things, hey, you know, if that works for you, more power to you. But I think for most people to get to where they can focus and do something interesting and have a lightness of personality and, and, and focus that lets you do something creative, you're going to have to push the world away for a while. And so that's why I think this modality is important because, you know, I, 
when I started to realize how much of the stuff that I was covering was what I now call productivity porn, I, I finally, I reached this very important point for myself, which is that I don't do the productivity stuff because it's fun. I don't do the productivity stuff because it's engrossing uh, or I shouldn't. The reason I do it is not so that I can schedule five hours for painting today. The idea is that everything I know I have to do is going to be put into one place and I can, it's, it's well organized enough that I can make my peace with either doing the stuff that has to be done or temporarily not doing the things that don't have to be done. And it lets me clear off my desk and just be whatever kind of goofball I want to be to do something creative. That's what it's for. It's for clearing off my desk. It's not for scheduling creativity. It's for removing all the things like watering plants and spaying cats that keeps you from doing <laughs> the things that you want to do. And if you don't create those walls and those modalities, you don't get to do cool stuff. And so uh, we'll talk some more about the uh, specifics of that. But uh, is there anything else uh, you want to tell me about that you like? Uh, there is something. It's called Squarespace. It's Squarespace? Every, yes. Hmm. It's everything you need to make an amazing website. It's fully hosted. It's completely managed. You go there, you create, you maintain. And that's key, maintaining. A beautiful website or a blog or a portfolio means that no matter how experienced you are with building a site, you can build something amazing in just a few minutes. You don't have to worry about scaling it or integrating it with social services that you like. The templates with Squarespace are really awesome. They're beautiful. They're clean. You know, they have a little saying over there. They said, let your content do the talking. Did you come? You came up with that, didn't you? That was me. Yeah, most of, I don't get credit for a lot of things, but that's okay. Everything in this platform is drag and drop. That means it's even easier than you can possibly imagine and more fun to use. I mean, it works just like an operating system. You can create these really complicated layouts just by dragging and dropping things and moving them around. And behind the scenes, it, it keeps really good, clean code. And it has really good SEO. It's all built in. They even have stuff like image versioning. Everything's integrated. They have, it's, this is all through this thing called Layout Engine, which I'm sure you've uh, heard of. And I, I, love, even, it. I love it. It's, and it's, it's, again, talking about the creativity part. Yeah. Having all of this stuff, having confidence that they're taking care of all the stuff that we used to have to obsess over. Like, is this JavaScript thing going to work? Are my images going to show up Okay. Um, I mean, setting aside stuff like responsive design, which is just, just a whole whole other thing that's amazing. But, it, you know, when you're in the layout engine uh, mode, or I guess, you know, you call it the WYSIWYG mode, it's, there's something really neat to the idea that you just drag stuff around until it looks the way you want. You're not committed to it staying that way forever. But if you change the template, for example, like all your stuff is still going to work. You're not going to be sitting there like chewing on your fingernails wondering if all your stuff is going to break because it, it's so well abstracted in the way that it's been built and it's so solid that you can feel free to try different things and not worry that it's going to explode in your face. Exactly. And, and I, it's, it's yeah, really that's, You have fun. that freedom and you know that, and you know that if, if you'd really screw something up and like it looks horrible, you can just roll back to the way that it was by picking that template or a new template all over again. And it's really fun. It's really easy. No fear. You go no to fear. it, no fear, eyes wide open, mm -hmm. you know? It's really fun to do. I, I've been I've been pulled at by by a thousand tiny projects that are of interest to no one. But uh, I I'm really interested in getting back into redoing my my own site. And every time I open that control panel for something like, for example, I use Squarespace to do the Roderick on the Line podcast, and it's it's a joy to use every time. And I think I keep thinking to myself like I need to make time. This is on me. This is not on them. But I need to make time to go in and like build out the content for this because the containers are there for making it sing. And these new templates they've got especially are very business friendly. 
Um, like if you don't want to look like a, you know, bloggity blog blog, like they've got some really beautiful, very professional templates that uh, could work for, I think really any kind of consultancy or retail place, anything, but it's, it's all in there. It's all, it's just, you just show what you want, where you want it to be and it, and it takes care of the stuff for you. It's, it's, it's nice to be able to have confidence that somebody else is taking care of that and that you're not going to be caught off guard if one uh, commit on <laughs> on somebody's get like changes the way that your site looks yeah. like that's not going to happen yeah so nice they're, so anyway they're, they're a great company they are a very good company great folks to work with uh, you can go to this special url again squarespace.com slash back to work spell down back to work i just got one beef i got one beef go ahead and they never, with, they, with, never they, they never give anybody uh you know a discount or no. by, by way of an offer code no they don't. Jack, the jackals dan jackals they don't uh, but I have I, I I have one insider tip. This is a pro tip hmm. that if you this is not a discount or a promo code, but if you enter the word snowbird, snowbird, you'll get an additional ten percent off everything you do there, hmm. and help us because you'll let them know that you heard about it here. Snowbird Squarespace Squarespace dot com slash back to work, and, and when you check out, you uh, put in the offer code snowbird 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 snowbird. Sounds like a Ken Nordine. Audio. Oh. <laughs> Ken blue. Nordine is so good. <laughs> blue, blue, groovy blue. Is Snowbird. he still around? Is he still alive? No, he used to do those coffee commercials, man. Ken Nordine, is that his name? Yeah, Ken Nordine. The bird's coming and the snow is coming down. He's a trip, that kid. Comes the bird. That guy's great. Didn't he do colors? Wasn't that his big thing? Colors? Am I thinking of uh, Sean Penn? Oh, hmm. uh, Mean Streets is what you're thinking of. Okay, sorry. Um, squarespace.com slash back to work. Um, they do, they do really great work and, uh, and you or, uh, some of your maybe uh, slightly less nerdy friends could really, uh, benefit from this. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's amazing how many of my friends that are total nerds are coming around to using this because they'd rather go be nerdy about something they can sell mm. than, than try and have the, uh, the fake cred of making their own website. That's right. <laughs> so now they're going out and doing the work instead of, uh, you know, making a site about the work. So please check them out. Squarespace.com slash back to work. Offer code this month, Snowbird, 10% off. And uh, we thank Lil Ryan and our friends at Squarespace uh, for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work. And then I always leave a space there because I don't know if you're going to edit. You know what I mean? Should I count into more things? I notice a lot of people count in. Hodgman does that a lot. You do a count in. You mean do you count, count in? Where you go like five, four. Th- and we're a lot, you know, like that. Did I you hear the you, yeah. silent count at the end? Three, two, one, or always I think you stop count. at two. You stop at two. You stop at two, you, you got to do three? Do a one finger. You do, you do a three? I thought you do a three count, but we can do a two. Five. You ever see, you ever see Hold on. Sh- 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 five. Four. Three. Yeah, I screwed it up by doing that, didn't I? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Did you ever notice in Monsters, Inc., when they're doing the countdown? Yeah. And he does, he does that, but the, the monster's got like seven fingers or something. In seven, <laughs> six. That's great. Oh, <laughs> man, um, yeah, it's coming out in 3D. So excited. I don't know if I want that. I can't see the 3Ds. I think I'm just going to start saying in three, two. No, you know what? I'm just going to say in three. <laughs> okay, so uh, getting things done in three. And I just won't say anything. Because <laughs> you'll be busy crazy. working. Making a pro- making it a project. Make it a project. I don't know if I mentioned this, Dan. I didn't. Even, I had to come and get a delivery. Mm. Oh God, miserable. Um, the, the 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 what what's paradoxical about this? I don't you know. I give I give up. No, you're the one talking to yourself. 
I'll talk to yourself. You're talking to yourself. <laughs> um, the, 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 the paradox of this is that, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about something that I, I, I think we both believe, which is that uh, there seems to be this feeling that if you're not feeling stressed out about what you're doing, it's not really work. If, if you're, and I'm not even saying like you have to go like, you know, ride your dream cloud or something, mm-hmm. but like if, there, if, if whatever it is that you're doing is not making you unhappy, then you should feel bad because it's probably not work. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to like, you know, blow rainbows up your skirt or anything, but, but in order to become more creative, and, and I think the people who listen to this show probably join us in that ongoing quest to want to be able to do interesting things. We, we, you and I talked on a little while back about how I think about the ne- what the next thing I want to do is. Um, I wouldn't talk about too much, but I've got some parameters for what I want to do next. Um, in addition to, to things like this program and, but to get into the state of mind where I do anything more than even like a mind map about iterating on exactly what I'm already doing, I have to get out of the day-to-day thinking of sitting here at my desk and wondering what's going on. That might mean going somewhere. It might mean, you know what I mean? I I really like sometimes uh, going someplace I've never been before with just a notebook. And uh, I got that new, what was it, the Expedition one from uh, Field Notes? Did you get that? No, I did not get that. It's kind of cool. I'm still working my way through the... uh, The the Blood Red one? The States one. Oh, you're in the States still? Mm -hmm. Nice. I, uh, I, I think when people, when I talk to my kids and I, I do, I talk to my kids about these things. When, when people talk about like, you know, how do I, how do I shake things up and, you know, um, get out of this, this mode of thinking that has me not being as creative as I'd like, or I'm, I frequently say like changing where you are, your location, like, you know, whatever, go to a Starbucks, go sit and go sit in the woods, go sit on a rock, go someplace with a minimum number of tools and maybe either leave your phone at home or, you know, your devices, or shut it all the way down. And not, not like the way you do the fake way on a plane, like the, the real way, like really like you, le- imagine yourself, you're almost like a New Yorker cartoon of a desert island. You're going to go somewhere with, with your sad little human body and one thing to write with and one thing to write on. Because that constraint can be very powerful. You're taking yourself out of that modality where you have unlimited options to do an unlimited number of things and you do none of them to a place where you're just going to go and go work on a thing. Maybe you're going to write, maybe you're going to draw, you know what, have fun for an hour and a half, go do anything that you can and want to do with some paper and pencil. I think that is a really useful thing to do. And I think most people are scared to do it because it's really daunting. Like, whoa, what if I, what if it, what if that gets hard? What if that gets boring? What if I don't have anything to say? What if I don't have any ideas? Well, you need to go face that, right? This is, this is a little bit like meditation. Um, it's a little bit like a lot of things. If you don't give yourself that opportunity to unhook from all of the stuff of your life, you're never going to find out what you're capable of. And if you don't limit the number of options about how you can execute it until you're really good at it, you could do a lot worse than going out and sitting on a rock with a pencil. Y'all, that's, that's when you find out who you are. I think people are scared to do that. And I think for a variety of reasons, I think they're scared to do that. I think in the, in the more quotidian way, I think they are scared to do that because they don't really trust themselves and they don't believe that they are capable of things. But in an even more mind-numbingly quotidian, kill-me way, they, their brain cannot stop churning over what's happening back at the desk they're supposed to be sad at. I mm. really believe that. I mean, I can't believe how many people like on a plane 
You know, I don't like talking to people on a plane. I don't watch movies on a plane. Um, being on a plane is like when I think, and David Allen's talked about this, but to me, it's such a great opportunity to have like, you know, people go, Ugh, five hour flight. But like five hours to just do something is amazing. Like it, to be able to write for five hours or to do whatever, but you don't, you don't, you sit there and you spend 35 minutes trying to get the go-go Wi-Fi to work. You, you run your card <laughs> again, you do this. Oh, it's almost time for the food to come. And you, you allow your brain to be chopped into these little tiny ribbons when in fact you have an unusual, nearly unique opportunity to be cut off from the world if you choose to be. But I think people are scared of that. So I, I, there's no way that I can sit here today and help you be less scared of this really daunting monster awaiting you, which is what you may or may not be capable of. But I can tell you that the excuse that you come up with for not getting near that, you can definitely, uh, you, can, you, can, you can stare it down and you can beat it. So if, if you're not doing creative stuff because you're, you're generally like not a creative person and you just don't care, well, fine. But don't, 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 don't blame your work. You know, because if, if you look into a system like this, it's going to be startling to you how much easier it is to do the things that you would like to do once you have accepted that you don't really know everything you kind of have to do. And that's where this modality becomes powerful. So if you're going to work, why don't you really work? And when you work, why don't you sit down and set aside time to really go do this thing? Um, which in this case, for example, a weekly review, I will just say, for those of you who've read the book, you'll be familiar with this idea of the weekly review. Um, I put a link in show notes to um, a list on the 43 Fuller's Wiki of your, which is a great list of, it's called the trigger list. Hmm. And it's a whole bunch of things that you should probably be thinking about when you're doing a review. So there's the kind of sort of obvious things in a review when you're doing a weekly review. Let me pull this up real quick. Um, like uh, review all of your current projects and tasks. Okay. Are there projects I should be doing that I'm not doing? Are there products, projects I think I'm doing that I don't really need to be doing? Are there things I need to be doing differently? Are there things that need to be, boy, this sounds so silly. Are there things that I need to rename? Because, man, names are power. Like, when you go in and you change the name of a task from call Jim, or to, <laughs> from contact Jim to call Jim about releasing the quarter four spreadsheet next week, that your brain looks at that really differently. If, you, if you've been staring at a project for a really long time and you're not getting any progress on it, try reframing it, renaming it. Like, say what it is right now. Because if you're procrastinating about something you were supposed to do six months ago, let's say the task six months ago was uh, spackle the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And like, if you didn't spackle the bathroom, like you've been feeling bad every week about <laughs> staring at spackle the bathroom. Well, maybe it's time to change that project. I mean, the, the, the really smart thing to do would be to change the task, but you might even need to change the title. Uh, you, might, you might change that, uh, the title of that project into um, uh, look into uh, tutorials for spackling bathroom with a Google task of find these tutorials. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe for you, it's putting a, a thing, go to Home Depot to go buy spackle. But again, like we said last week, your brain knows that what those dependencies are, even if you don't. So... Those kinds of things, renaming. Get rid of it if it's not um, alive. Um, give it more precedence if it should be more alive. So like, you know, reviews are a chance to say, what are the things I'm doing but need to be doing better? What are the things that I'm not doing that I need to be doing? What are the things that I'm pretending that I'm doing that I know I'm never going to do? Because get them the hell off there. You know, it's not, it's not doing you, you're not doing yourself any favors to have a bunch of junk sitting there and staring at you. 
And so the trigger list, which is really great um, for... I'm clicking, I'm clicking. Boy, I'm using Jamie's keyboard. You know how much quieter I am now? I mean, my it keyboard. It's way quiet. Yeah. Here's a list. Um, when you're doing a mental sweep or you're doing your review, uh, projects that you've started but not completed, projects that need to be started, uh, commitments to others, like your boss, your colleagues, subordinates. I'm just reading this. Think about communications to make and get. Do I need to initiate or respond to any phone calls, voicemail, email? These are all very context-based sort of approaches. But then you think a little bit higher up and you think things like, okay, um, let me find a good one here. Yeah. Um, commitments to others in my life personally. Like, is there anything nice I should be doing for my wife right now? Like, when's the last time you sat down and said, what's a really crazy trip I could do with my kid for half a day? That's a great time to think about it because you sure you think about that now, but like if you made that a project, sounds crazy, you might start getting some really good ideas about stuff to do. And then once you've got those ideas, those start turning into actions. This sounds tightly wound, but your kid will get to do more fun stuff if you walk through this. Because then you say, oh, I need to find information. Is this place open on Sunday? Can I get tickets on Fandango? And so on and so on and so on. Um, do I want to be doing more things with public service? Do I want to be doing less things? Does anybody have a birthday coming up? Um, there's just a huge long list. Oh God, the healthcare stuff didn't get me started. But I mean, thinking about all of those things as the sort of like, what kind of tasks should I be doing? Very valuable. Hmm. But arguably even more valuable when you do that review, once you've you know decided if everything's up to date, is also looking into what he calls the higher altitudes, what David Allen calls higher altitudes. You got the runway level of all your tasks you're doing. You got a 10,000 foot level of like projects, but then higher up. This is, this is a little fruity, but this, it took three or four readings of the book before this really sunk in. If there's some part of your mind that's churning around about something that can't, can't happen for another five years, but you are thinking about yeah. it, does that mean that it's not something you should be doing anything about? Well, let's say your 50th wedding anniversary is coming up in three or four years. And you keep thinking, oh, God, I'd love to do something nice for our 50th wedding. You know what's going to happen? That day of the anniversary is going to arrive. And if you have not done anything about it in the preceding three years, you're going to be bummed because you knew you'd been thinking about it the whole time. If you know you want to retire to Greece or mm -hmm. whatever, start thinking about that now. Yeah. If you know, and you're thinking of like your, uh, that, that quit show you do where you sound so angry. You sound like Don, Don Imus on that show. You're very angry. That's, you my normal, that's my normal state of being. You're, you're, you're carbuncular on that show, Dan. I hardly recognize you. Yeah, that's, that's the difference when I uh, do a show in, in support of uh, a host or when I do a show on my own. That's what you're really like? Most of the time. Okay. Don't come to San Francisco. I'm already there. Okay. <laughs> it's coming from inside the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, why, why does this matter? Because, again, uh, like we said a few episodes ago, I said, um, when you're getting things done, you get different things out of it each time. The first time around, you understand that this is a logistical, tactical approach to you know, doing this molecular little stuff. Hey, I can get more to-dos done. Yes, absolutely. You read it a second time, you start to think, oh, wow, this is really about planning better projects and stuff. You might read it again and go, oh, this is really about how I can't do any of that stuff well until I understand my areas of responsibility. Like if I have a job that I hate, like there's no wonder nothing's getting done. I hate this job. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? All of this, I have to, I'm like a marionette like trying to come up with all of this fake enthusiasm about something I despise. Well, that's a different problem. And so you have to think at that higher level to go like, okay, well, I can't quit my job today. But you know what? Within the next two years, here's the kind of job I'd like to have. Now let's reverse engineer that. What would I need to do 
as I sit here today, right? As I sit here today, mm-hmm. what job would I like to have in two years? Well, you know what's going to happen? First of all, you're thinking about it, man. So you're so much further along than other people are. But also, as that changes, as you get more information, again, I got to say, Heraclitus, when you learn things, you learn more about what you know and don't know. And there's, that has a cumulative effect. One reason we don't do stuff is because we don't know enough to know what we don't know. Once you start researching that job, you may learn things like, yeah, actually, like your dude that was on the other day, like, I probably should have stayed at that job a little longer. Right. I probably didn't think that out well enough. Well, when you learn more about the job market, you might reassess how you feel about the job you have now. When, you, when it occurs to you that your bonus will arrive on this certain day and you sh- probably shouldn't quit a week before that, well, have you thought all that stuff out? Because here's what I'm getting at. These higher altitudes, as he calls it, all the way up to, in his words, why am I on the planet? You know, and I felt so silly that it took me so long to realize this. But I would always look at that stuff and go, oh, man, hippie incense crap. You know, get a horse. But I was thinking about it. Like, what he would say is, like, if there's any part, a phone call that you have not, just, I think I'm quoting or paraphrasing David here. But if there's a phone call you got today that you have not returned, that's going to eat up a certain amount of your RAM. Like, you're, you're going to be thinking about that. And that's, that's only been on your mind for an hour or two. Is there something you've been thinking about doing for five years, but you've never really thought about it? Is there something that's been kind of on your mind for years, whether that's like uh, changing your mental health care or deciding to work out more or something like that's on your mind, even if it's not a thing you're quote unquote doing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's on your mind should be your, should be a way of, of, of your should be perceived as your brain telling you, you need to think about this more, but then you need to decide what you're going to do about it. Because your brain will turn that stuff over until it knows it's not supposed to think about it anymore. Otherwise, it'll just go on forever. And so if you are thinking about something like, gosh, I don't know, like if you want to buy a boat, like that's something you're probably not going to do tomorrow unless you're Marco. Like if you <laughs> want to, um, if you want to like think about changing the, the church that you go to, and that's on your mind. That might express, express itself today as, oh my God, I really don't want to go to church today. Well, maybe that's because you haven't thought enough about the fact that you don't really like this church and you'd like to try these three others. Okay, that sounds to me like a Google search for other similar parishes or churches in your area. I don't know if you're getting this, but if there's something on your mind, it doesn't matter whether it's something you're not doing today, whether it's something you didn't do yesterday, or whether it's not something you're doing in the future, it takes the same amount of mental effort. So acknowledge it right? It's like, it's like in meditation, right? You've got you've to say, this is what this thing is. I'm seeing this. I'm watching this thought go by. In this case, you put it on a piece of paper. Am I going to do anything about this? You, you work the workflow. And, um, and so to get back to, finally, to get back to the why this modality matters, all that, like, f- that, that silly, you know, fizzy up in the trees stuff, that's what allows you to be creative. Because if you're not being creative, it's because there's something you haven't thought through yet. Anybody can be creative. I think, I mean, I hate, I sound like a, you know, Ratatouille now, but anyone can cook, but any, anybody can be creative. It's just that some of us haven't figured out what muscles to use in order to get there on a regular basis. So having that really uptight modality of working through the inbox, doing the reviews, being real tight, tightly wound about calendar events, that is what gives you the freedom to say, Hey, wait, I don't have anything I have to do today. So for the next three hours, I just, I get to go do something cool. Like I get to do something fun. Maybe I get to go to a museum because that's just something I want to do. Or maybe I get to sit here, I get to sit here and try to write a poem for the first time in 25 years or whatever. 
Maybe, you know, but if you're, if you're just looking at the same Craigslist every week, but not deciding what you really want out of a job, if you're, uh, if you're just staring at your gut getting bigger and bigger without realizing, you know, what would make you happy about changing that, you take that, you make a decision, you turn it into actions. And then as fat as your gut is, when you're in that mode of doing, you don't have to think about whether it's worth doing. You don't have to think about what the steps are. You've already thought about all that. You just do it. And because you can trust your intuition and trust your inbox, if new stuff comes in, you can fling it in there and know that it's not going to fall between the cracks. And so you find this balance. You find this balance of being tightly wound enough to make sure that your brain can be free, but then free enough to let that freedom turn into something that's really useful. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> I don't know how much I didn't eat. I had to go get it. Are you all right? Yeah, no, I might need to lay down. I got to be honest with you honest with you. I do worry about you. I mean, seriously. Don't play when people say that. Ah, oh, you hear that a lot? I'm just curious. <laughs> More than I'd like. Yeah. Can hey, I do uh, our, uh, our final? Okay. <laughs> you gave it away. No, I didn't. I got to check my mic placement. Hey, Dan, can you uh, tell me about something you like? Sure. <laughs> What's it called? It's called Ting. Ting is mobile that makes sense. It's a no BS mobile service. They call this an MVNO. MVNO. This is essentially a reseller and they, uh, they resell the Sprint network, but they do it, <laughs> I have to say, they do it better than Sprint does. What makes them different? Well, first off, they are uh, contract free. They have no early termination fees. They have no anything. They give you the choice to create the kind of plan that you want. You can go with the extra small Merlin style plan or the double extra large style plan. You create it. Everything's bigger in Texas. That's right. You can go with voice minutes if you make a lot of calls or no voice minutes if you don't. You can do text messages. You can pick the megabytes of data that you want. They're all billed separately. There's no plan that you don't, well, I want this many minutes, so I've got to get, no. You don't have to worry about penalties or overage charges either. If you use more than you thought you would, you just pay for what you use. And if you use less, then they drop you down to the, pre, the, the lower level and they credit you the difference. It's very fair. They have all the things that you would uh, typically expect, like voicemail, caller ID. They let you do tethering. You've got the hotspot thing, three-way calling, call forwarding, all of that stuff. Do they do bagging and boarding? They bag and board all your comics for you for okay. free. And when you get your bill, you never see any like mysterious line items. They they charge for what you use. <laughs> Every time you say that, for some reason, you like I that. Sco- I think of Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. I, I think of the like the Crooked Land developer, like uh, dressed up like a like a ghost. Yeah, which is. Ah! It's a franchise envelopment charge. <laughs> I like in those shows where the guy Mr. will be Dixon. like the ghost or whatever. will be doing things that are completely inhuman and completely, you know, they would be floating, flying, literally, literally, literally floating. And then later on, it's just, oh, we just pulled the sheet off. It's just Mr. Jenkins. Boris Karloff. Yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating. My kid makes me read those books. Please continue. It's the worst. No hidden charges. None. You can have as many devices. Oh, well, they do have to charge uh, for taxes, but then they'll, there'll be a line that says taxes, and all they're doing is that's a pass-through charge is what they call that, Merlin. Pass-through, pass-throughs? Mm-hmm. They got to charge for the pass-throughs. And they, they let you have as many devices as you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, and you share with the pooled minutes. So if you want to add, like, let's say I wanted to put you on my plan, six bucks a month, that's all that's going to cost. I can do as many devices as I want, six bucks a month per device, and it's all in that shared plan. And they let you uh, let you do everything that you would want to do pretty much online. You can call them an 800 uh, number 
between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern time, a person will pick up the phone and they'll talk to you and they'll help you. But I have found that typically you don't need to do that. It's all right there doable on the website. Self-service. And they have video tutorials if you if, if you need help. And you just call them. But uh, the, the URL you're going to want to use for this is 5x5.ting.com. 5x5.ting.com. Dot com. You're not doing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I was. I was, I was typing. Biscuit team. <clears throat> hey, hey, ah, Dan. I gotta tell you. It's and the, you will. Uh, you will get fifty dollars off your first Ting device. Five by five. Ting. dot com. Thanks very name. much yeah. to Back to Work for making Ting, ting possible. Possible work. Hmm. <laughs> you know the constructions you make. Yes. <laughs> Definitely need to lay down. Yeah. Right. I gotta set up my delivery. Roofing, landscape, driveway, decoration, Roof, roofers. furniture, roofing, roofers. You ever met roofers? Is that what you put in the person's drink to make them sleep or whatever? I think you're thinking of the Dalai Lama. Oh. Talking about, oh, you're talking about ru- 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 hypnol? Yeah, yeah, not that it. Roofers? Right, that's when you lose all the cartilage and they uh, got to put metal in. <laughs> that's a rohypnol replacement. <laughs> okay, so um, that's probably uh, just about long enough. But I, I, I wanted to, um, sorry, it's a little bit shambling, which is unusual. But a shambling yeah, mound, if you will. Think of the Gary Shambling. That hey was a, now. That was a funny show. It was a very funny show. The Gary like the the Shandling. Stewart, uh, arc. That was good. Yeah. Um, what I'm trying to get at with this is, like, I guess um, this is probably not the best one to start with if you're not familiar with getting things done. But the benefit that I want to try and share here, which I'm probably overstating, but um, I, I, I have, in the years that I've been doing this racket, the whatever, eight years I've been doing this productivity stuff, I... And you you are the productivity guy. I mean, I'm the productivity guru. <laughs> guru, actually. I'm a guru. Yes, which means you uh, still still people's panties and accept payments. Mm-hmm. Um, productively, if you know what I mean. Very productive. Uh, gotta stay hydrated. Here's the thing. I I I've suffered from this. I continue to suffer from this, and I see lots of people who bitch about this. It's this all the things that they can't do. Right. Back to the fine. That's fine for Merlin stuff. And there's certainly, let's be honest, there are things that we can't do. Right. Um, unless we have the X gene, there are certain mutant abilities that we're probably not going to have. But there are a lot of things that we have rehearsed so many times by telling ourselves, telling ourselves what we're capable of, what our limitations are. Like we as human beings, and especially I think as Americans, love rehearsing all of the reasons why things are the way they are. And we keep saying it over and over until it starts to sound real. If you say anything to yourself enough, it will start to seem real. It could be that I'm fat or that I'm ugly or it could be anything. But when you do that over and over and you start, I so try to get my daughter not to do this, try not to start too many of your sentences with, I can't. How about instead saying, I'm not or um, I won't? Because are there really that many things that you can't do? Well, I, um, I can't go on vacation. Was well, it that you can't go on vacation or that you won't go on vacation because you have these things you have to do? Because that completely changes the, the equation. Now it's gone from the, the in, entirety of existence in the universe has made reality a certain way to, oh, here's some things I could do that would make this possible, right? Um, I'm, or I'm not doing that. I heard this a long time ago. I don't know if this is true, but whether or not it's true, it's interesting to me. Uh, somebody said that in, uh, turns out, in, uh, in the United States, we usually ask people what they do. 
And supposedly in Europe, it's at least at the time I heard this, it was more common to say, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what you would say to somebody, it's more like, more of like a, hey, like a, what are you up to mm. rather than who are you? Because <laughs> in the United States, we're so defined by our jobs right. and we're so defined by all of these little boxes that we've decided are meaningful. And those the little bits of status that that may buy you the little bits of wallpaper that you put over your unhappy little existence, like that is so limiting in the long run. And when you start saying stuff like about like who you aren't and uh, what you can't do and, and you just start pointing all these fingers at the rest of the universe for why things are the way they are, well, buck up. And if you want to get past that, start instead reframing that question as why am I not doing a thing that lets me do that? Okay, I can't go on vacation. Okay, do you not want to go on vacation? Because then why don't you say that? And why don't you tell your spouse that? Because they might really want to go on vacation. And maybe that's something you need to think about. If you just don't want to go on vacation, that's fine. If you can't go on vacation, well, if it's something you'd like to do, can you, can you change that a little bit? I could go on vacation if one of these things happened. This sounds so stupid, but it's absolutely true. The way that you frame these things, the way that you think about your work has a huge, and your life has a huge impact on how you actually live it. Because you're the one who's defining uh, what a lot of those boxes are. You know, there's nothing, there's not that many things in the world that say you have to be a certain way. There are people who run races that don't have legs. <laughs> there are people who survived camps in Eastern Europe. Like people can manage to do a lot if they really want to. And the consolation that you get from telling yourself what the world has visited upon you is very short-lived comfort. Mm -hmm. And it is extremely limiting. And when you... When you accept that maybe you can't or won't do everything in the world, that's a good kind of can as far as I'm concerned. I can't do everything. I won't do everything. And that's going to be reflected in how I do my work in my life. So for example, if there's something that keeps coming up, if I keep saying I can't go on vacation, I can't go on vacation, well, okay, fine. Well, why don't I just accept that? Well, because something's not done yet. It is, as David says, an open loop. Something's still bothering me about that, right? And so how do you... Work that first modality of saying, okay, I'm going to take this thing. I'm going to think my way all the way through to the end. And I might stop at, okay, this isn't a thing anymore. I've officially crossed this out. I've ripped up the card. I've thrown it away. And if you successfully continue to, for example, not think about vacations, you have succeeded. Until that comes up again, you're good. But I'm just telling you guys, like, even setting aside, not, maybe you're not like me. Maybe you don't have monkey mind with ideas that fly around again and again and again. But I can almost promise you, no matter how smart and sane you are, that if you're having the same thought or idea over and over and over again, there's probably a reason. And the first reason I can think of is that it's not resolved. You think it's resolved. And saying things like can't and won't and don't might make it feel like something that's real and therefore you can dismiss it. But I don't think that's the case. I think you've got to go into this modality of taking these things that are on your mind and then deciding if you're going to do something about it, what's, what it's going to be. And then how often do I need to come back to this stuff to not feel like a crazy person? Because if you have those sort of persistent things buzzing around in your head and you're not sure what state of completion important things are in, you're not going to be able to be a happy person. You're, it's going to be very difficult. Unless you're drunk all the time, it's going to be very hard to get that out of your mind. And so in some ways, the best way is to confront it head on and say, what's the next action for this? And then set that aside. You got your list. You don't need to think for a while now, buddy. You have to go and do that stuff. 
So maybe you want to go do some research on economical vacation packages. Maybe you would like to find a good uh, divorce, divorce lawyer because now your wife really wants to go on vacation. Whatever it is, you're taking a bunch of crazy balls ideas in your head and turning them into physical actions. But before you even get to those actions, you're making a decision. You're making the decision that this is worth th thinking about and, uh, and putting a, a process like this in place. But then critically, you're making a decision about whether there's anything you need to do about this. And if it's nothing you need to do about, and nothing you need to do anything about right now, where do you put that, that your mind can relax and know that within a month you'll return to it? That's what the system brings to you. So the, the, me yelling at you about this and the creativity stuff, I'm just telling you, I can't think of a better way to become more creative or to give yourself the space to be more creative than to not be doing non-important monkey work and worrying about the non-important monkey work that you're not doing. If it's on your list, it should be important, right? This is, it's like David says, if you're, all of your life is important, right? And if it's not, then it shouldn't be in your life. It's pretty simple. So anyway, that's, that, that's enough about that. I, um, I, I hope that you guys will, I, I would like to do at least one more of these uh, where we talk about some of the troubleshooting. Oh, yeah. Because I think I've been a, a pretty, uh, I hope I've been a pretty good enthusiastic cheerleader Very. about the parts of this. It's almost but as if you yourself were like a, have a history in productivity or something using this system. It's almost as though that. But uh, I think next week for our uh, very special Christmas sweater episode, um, <laughs> we'll talk about um, what? Troubleshooting. Some of the things that, why are reviews so difficult? Um, why is this system so hard to maintain? And for example, why am I getting diminishing amounts of benefit from what seems like more and more work? Mm. Because there are answers to all of those things, I think. They're in the book, but um, I'll be happy to share them too. One thing that's funny and a little bit frustrating with David, <clears throat> when you, and that's one reason I like that interview I did with him so much, is that he says so many things I'd never heard before, but, <laughs> you know, he's a lot like you in some ways. He's very bot-like sometimes. Bot-like? Like, well, bot-like, bot-like. Like when you uh, spat out that uh, for each which code into my, uh, into my uh, messages the other day. I think you sent me a shell script. Oh, well, I uh, say I was typing. I pasted that. That was a Perl. That was something in Perl. It oh. was supposed to do, I forget what it did. Yeah. But that was... There's several, there's several other ways you could have done that, by the way. Okay. Like, 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 uh, like bot Dan, bot David, you say, Hey, what about procrastination? Gosh, procrastination. Everybody has these troubles with procrastination. And his response tends to be something along the lines of, well, that's it's in the book. And it is. It's just that it's not in the book for you. If you're only skipping over to get to the parts that you like, because the really hard parts, the easy parts of the, of the book are, Hey, delete email. You don't need it. Once you, Hey, I'm into that. Cool. Uh, don't pay attention to sources of information that are not high yield. Hey, that's pretty good. But then like, comb over everything that you do to make sure it's still alive and that you're really going to do it is so much harder than it sounds. And if you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed and you know there's a ton of stuff you're not doing and you're not up to date on, you're going to be so resistant. It's pretty easy to go to the gym tomorrow if you've gone to the gym every day for the last week. It's a little bit harder to go to the gym if you didn't go to the gym yesterday, but it's extremely hard to go to the gym if you've never been to the gym or you haven't been in five years. And it's really, 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 really hard if you've been thinking to yourself every day for five years, I've really got to go to the gym. Well, first of all, I find a way to make that into a project that makes it less daunting. But it's the same thing here with these reviews and with all the hard parts of this. The more important the parts of the system are 
in, in the long run, the more difficult that they can be to keep maintained. And so you do need to reach a junction where you decide whether this is worth continuing to do for you. I mean, I think even, even as a, a sort of, you know, what, you know, lem, lemonade purge or whatever, this is a good thing to just go through at least once. But a lot of people do manage to keep this going for 20 years. And it's the only thing that keeps them from, you know, uh, losing it. So anyway, that's going to be for next time. And I, well, we, uh, we, in January also, we'll be having our iTunes uh, management marathon. Right. And I, I got another one too. Do I okay. remember, remember you texted me? I told you I was working on something. I do. We're going to have a practical episode. Ooh. Yeah. I had this fantasy for a really long time of having, just to, just to say F you to, to people, of having um, a post on 43 folders called 1,000 Tips and Tricks. <laughs> So I'm not going to do a thousand, but I've already started this. We're going to have a whole episode. There's nothing but amazing little tricks you didn't know you could do with things. Okay. I like it. Yeah. So I'm working on that. That'll like take a little it. longer, but, um, so I think next week will probably be our last getting things done episode. Unless okay. you want to do a Q and A or something. Hmm. Should we do a Q and A and somehow involve the, uh, like have people submit we could do a questions? Call and I just don't want you sounding all angry. You sound like, uh, who do you sound like? You sound like not Howard Stern or Howard Beale. Scott Beale? Who am I thinking of? Who is it you sound yeah, like? Yeah, you're thinking of Scott Beale, Laughing Squid. Laughing Squid. Sounds he's just a nice like guy. him. He's oh, a, he's a great guy. He's a very nice Quite guy. Quite the photographer, too. Excellent photographer. The stuff he does with that little point and shoot is to, outdoes anything I've ever done with like a DSLR. That's right. The camera you got. You know what I'm saying? I do. Who is it you sound like on there? I was listening the other day. I had to turn it off. I was, I was getting scared. <laughs> Thanks. You, sound, you sounded so angry. You're really you helping so promote the show. No, no. Here's the thing. It's a side of your personality. It's a side. It's good. I'm glad it's going somewhere. You know what I mean? Uh, third big, like, sec, second or third biggest show right now. Like draining a wound. Oh, thanks. No, in a good way. I mean, no, like I mean a, that guy could use that as a tagline. <laughs> exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I listen to it though, right? Thanks. Yeah. I'm there. I'm listening. It's something. It's just sound mad sometimes. He's just, you, get, you get so mad because people, they got these jobs and they should quit them. <laughs> That's not what I'm mad about. What are you mad about? Oh, I have lots of things. Okay. We, we tell me about some of them? You can, you can call in on the show. That'd be I, great to get used to call. I wasn't going to say anything. I was totally going to do that. You do it. Do it. Okay. Surprise me call, sometime. You get a call from Thor Stenson Finlanson. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <sighs> and I, I, I sent you a picture of me. Uh, I would say reacted. right now, but yeah. yeah I, I got a picture of you reacting. <laughs> God, you're handsome. I put it on Flickr. You, you wear a shirt, don't you? I almost oh, always. Yeah. It's you. Do, you. do you really wear a tie to work? Yeah. God damn it. You are such a handsome man. Thank you. Give me that, give me that cable thing too. I'm wearing a pair of 501s that I've been wearing for six months yeah. and a, uh, a white Hanes tee. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. You fit right in. And your imagination. <laughs> I wear my imagination like a hat. In a way, look at me. I can wear a white t-shirt. Man, I got pants and not pants. I got and a lot I, of fancy ideas. <laughs> I can live in a cave and do my pants. <laughs> I'm buttoning this up. Sure. I mean, it's your show. You. Whatever you want to it do. It is my show. I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. 